Welcome to Degrees of Freedom with Ellie and Albie. Join us as we continue to explore the power we all have to benefit people and planet. Hello and welcome back, everybody. We are sat opposite each other. There's me, Ellie, and Albie sat across from me. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We are recording this intro post-meeting our guest today. Quite a while post. Yes, over a week ago. Yeah. Almost so so long that we've forgotten what we've talked about, but we've we've remembered now. We've brainstormed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was Fix My Crack last fortnight, and continuing with that general area of the body theme, we've got Pequel this week. Yes. It's not An something we... An intentional theme, really. Not we something will we be set out that. to do. <laughs> Back to business as usual next time. Don't panic. <laughs> um, we thought we'd start with star listeners didn't we Ellie this is yes I'm very excited about this there's a new um, like addition to our lives that people come up and go I actually listened I find it very uncomfortable because I don't know how to test if they've actually listened <laughs> like they might have seen us go on about it but have you actually listened but there, there's a lot of liars out there okay. <laughs> but we do have a star listener today who has listened mm. well we think they've listened <laughs> well we think so yeah, um, Maddie shared shared the podcast with her friends, and we love that. We love sharing, so please do share if you want to be star listener. How would you recommend sharing? Because Maddie went for Instagram. I'm a fan of sort of um, you know, like telling people, as in word of mouth, with, with words, with yeah. words. Um, I would share it on my social medias, probably. Okay. Although you haven't, I haven't though, actually. <laughs> Interestingly, <laughs> no, I haven't shared it. Banners. Um, Banners, I if you want to do some posters for us. That would be encouraged. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, anything like that. Anything. Or just go give us a follow mm-hmm. on doff.pod on Instagram. And we're also on Twitter, doff underscore pod. Or, yeah. or just subscribe on your podcast provider of choice. Yes. Because that helps. Um, it does help. Producer update. Ashik's back today. Woo! George, um been relegated to visual content <laughs> um george has got through to a cup final no he has football team yeah oh uh, anyway that's the end of george impressed. news um uh, but yeah we're all back firing up on all cylinders for this episode and we're going to be talking about sdg number five five which is which is gender equality um this one with pequel is definitely very good and very in line with this sdg so shall we chat about who people are yeah do you want me to go go ahead so they were uh, we've got amber and hazel uh, who are both bristol uni graduates mm-hmm. and in the summers whilst they were studying they were working at lots of festivals across the uk um, and they found that they had to choose between in their breaks going to the toilet or getting food because um the queues were so long yeah and they thought let's do something about that they were studying innovation at the time um and teamed up to create this women's urinal which they launched last year at six festivals across the UK um, which is making women be able to go to the toilet super quick get back out there get buying pints and burgers and watching music and back with their friends not stood queuing in toilets yeah and it's by the sounds of it had amazing um, feedback from people who have used it and they're kind of cooking up a storm, aren't they? Mm. They're getting some great funding and they are doing the London Marathon 
this year and more and more festivals this summer and yeah. just doing brilliantly. Yeah, I think if you're going from six festivals last year to 30 odd this year, that's generally a good sign. Definitely. They've built loads more toilets, built out of like fantastic, sustainable materials. Yeah. Um, these are two really cool women and we're very excited for you to hear the podcast with them. We are. So we talked, we mentioned it was SDG5, gender inequality, probably gender equality. Gender equality, yeah. yeah. Gender inequality, we don't thing. really like that. No. Although, Amber said that. She did say that, she did. <laughs> she said she was promoting gender inequality um, by accident. Uh, people are very much looking at hidden inequalities, which are just as important. Um, if and not they, more, I'd argue. Yeah. And they had a lot of really interesting stuff to say about that. And then there was one more one more really um, key aspect to their story, which is being female entrepreneurs in a very male world. Yes. I mean, they were both incredibly confident, driven women who, I mean, just sung about the importance of being confident, believing what they're doing and standing up in front of a boardroom of men and being so confident in their idea and not just taking the first set of funding they wanted, mm. like really fighting for what their worth was or what they thought their worth was. Um, I think they were brilliant. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, they, I mean, they talk about that. We won't, I won't give it all away. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and they also talked about the benefit of doing it in a pair, didn't they? Having mm. each other to hold themselves account- accountable to mm. and to kind of spur each other on and give them confidence. We so like, confidence like 10 times. We like doing this as a group, don't we? Yes. Couldn't do it alone. Spread the word, late. <laughs> right, play the tape. Hello and welcome back to Degrees of Freedom. We've got another double guest episode. Yep. And today we've got Pequel, the first women's urinal in the UK. But don't let me tell you about them. Let's introduce Amber and Hazel. Hello. 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 It's great to have you. We're very happy to have you here. Um, I think we'll dive straight in with quick introductions, if that's okay. Um, Who wants to go first? Well, hi, I'm Amber, um, and I'm the co-founder of Pequal, the UK's first squat and go women's urinal. We're on a mission to pioneer peer quality for women everywhere that is really quick and sustainable. Um, We actually were students at Bristol University and graduated in 2020. Um, I studied anthropology with innovation and Hazel studied physics with innovation and we sort of combined in our fourth year masters to do a research project on women's urinals. Hi I'm Hazel, I'm the other half of Pequal and (laughs) like Amber said and perfectly introduced (laughs) me We're basically absolutely obsessed with getting women out of toilet queues and back to the real world, back to the event they paid for, back to the beautiful day they can be having. What started the obsession? (laughs) And when did it turn into an obsession (laughs) for the interest? (laughs) (laughs) It was actually our university summer. So Amber and I both worked at festivals during our university breaks. I worked in sustainability and Amber in welfare. But in our breaks, we'd have to choose between going to the loo or getting food because the queues were so long. But as soon as you spot one toilet queue, you see them everywhere. I remember I studied physics here at Bristol. I'd have to wait in long toilet queues and be late to my physics lectures. They're absolutely everywhere. It's such a normalised inequality that we just couldn't put this this problem to bed. Yeah. It was that normalised inequality piece that when we started 
delving under the surface of what other products are there for this issue or what else what other research has been done and there's literally a huge gap of data and so we were just shocked that actually there were more products out there to help men urinate than women mm. and it was like why is it it's like taboo surrounding female urination and just talking about it openly and it was just like someone's got to step into that gap and thought let's give it a go basically Brilliant. I mean, it's really interesting. So can you talk to us a little bit about your master's and where you combined and what that was doing? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't mind jumping in. So Amber and I both studied our main discipline alongside the innovation degree. So my main discipline was physics, uh, but my modules were slightly less engineering based. It was more particle physics and quantum mechanics. So slightly less applicable to real world problems in the building urinals urinals. but within the innovation department this is where they taught us a whole breadth of skills so solving problems human-centered design pitching practice financial forecast how to actually start a business and just actual teamwork so we'd always throughout the four years we studied we'd have constant problems we'd have to solve as groups of people from loads of different disciplines. So I remember working with geographers, with political students, and it was just such a great mixing pot to help us solve real-world problems. Mm. Yeah, it was like we were tasked with, um, like, case uh, sort of, like what they call criterias from outside of the university. So I think we worked with a law firm, with Playable Cities, which is creative agency, and we would have like meetings with them. And so it would be more real life than an academic project. So we would get that um, experience before we even graduated. So we'd be working with big customers or clients before we even hit the road in 2020. So yeah. then when that idea came along, you were ready to go? Yeah. Ready to make yeah. it into Had something. a bit of um, practice. So did you meet at... A festival or no, no, we met at Bristol. Yeah, yeah. we did a okay. we did a creative project together beforehand, so we kind of knew how we worked together. And it, you didn't hate each other. <laughs> yeah, you could work yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say I always respected Amber from afar. We definitely had different friendship circles, yeah. but within oh, really? the innovation department, there was sixty of us ish. We yeah. were all mates, really. Because That's not many, is it? No. no, you could just get to know everyone, and everyone was always up for it. So whatever like weird adventure you wanted to go on, you knew someone within the innovation department would. Come join you on it, yeah. whether it's hitchhiking to a random beach or yeah. making a festival. It was an eclectic group. Yeah. We all loved each other so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we always like we ha- we pride our- ourselves on our relationship. We have mm. such a strong co-founding relationship, and um, I think that's because we started out really quite professional first, didn't we? It was like we were friends from afar, but it was like okay, we're going to work on this project together, and now we're really good mates too. But it's because of that first professionalism, we can hold each other to a better account. Yep. So it's not personal, it's more about how can we better the people rather than, oh, mm. uh, I feel personally attacked by you yeah. saying that you need that work to be better or whatever. Like when I forgot my microphone this morning. <laughs> and I put all the blame on Albie. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me dagger eyes. I was three minutes late and I was like, oh no, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> so who actually went to who with the first idea? So I pitched it. I it was in our fourth to Amber. No, you pitched it to everyone, didn't you? Oh, I pitched oh, it to I see. everyone. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, you um, pitched it openly. I did. Yeah. And so, Amber was right. so for our fourth year, our lecturer said, "It's up to you. You now solve a problem." And we had this day where we all like sat in a room and we had to pitch to the rest of the group. Oh, okay. I almost didn't pitch my idea. I was like, oh, "I'm not They're sure." They're gonna hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did, and I'm so glad I did. I what I was so interested in 
was making something physical. I didn't want to just make another app. I wanted to create social change or some, <laughs> some physical thing that we, I could build. But I was so interested in the taboo around it too. Like, why hadn't it been built before? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was, yeah, you straight away were like, yes, I so yeah. I get this problem. How can I get on yeah. board? I think it was like hardware as well. It's like you can actually have a real life application and prototyping was always something that really interested me so mm. I could just see it being taken out of like a spreadsheet or a database or slideshow actually be implemented so mm. yeah that was it was obvious for me so I ran after Hazel yeah. after the class I was like I want to work together. Yeah, I didn't know if I should tell that story. Yeah. Yeah. Amber followed me home. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me sound a bit creepy, but yeah, no, I just, I knew it. I felt like, yeah, this is something I could really pursue. So go on then, what was the first prototype like? It's cardboard, wasn't yeah. it? Was it? Yeah, just like really simple. After sketches, it was just like, let's tape some cardboard together, get women's feedback on mm. like how they would interact with it if they knew it was a rhino and just observing them so like anthropological methods you know oh, of like yes. observing someone's behavior around a new product seeing how easy it is for them to adopt and things like that so how would you do that like a one-way mirror no no we just <laughs> just watch people go to <laughs> is that allowed? Uh, not sure that's allowed at uni but um yeah we basically just asked people in innovation center in all the different years to come in to the kitchen because we've got a kitchen out there um, and just they knew that it was a urinal they knew it was a woman's urinal but we wouldn't tell them any other information so it was just in their kitchen they would come in and then they were sort of like we didn't say anything we would just observe them really sort of unbiasedly and then they would just talk to themselves or like pick it up or squat over it and then we just okay. took notes that's really cool. That is really cool. Just a, a way of informing design. It's like letting a kid pick something up and yeah. seeing what they do with it. Exactly, yeah. So what's the product now? The yeah. sort of all singing, all dancing. Yeah. It's actually still being developed and iterated on. Mm -hmm. I think we, we signed off the base tank design yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, so it's this freestanding structure that's rotationally moulded. It's like Lego. Okay. but So it's flat pack, so it means we can fit so many more on an Arctic lorry and limit our carbon footprint. Yeah. Um, nice. But it's this structure you step up into. Imagine a pizza cut into six slices. You have your own slice that's your own space that's semi-private. So you step up to use it, step round, face outwards, and put your feet either side of what we call the pedestal, which is like a boat-like structure to minimise any splashback. Um, I was obsessed with that for a while. <laughs> no <laughs> splashback. There's this insane <laughs> physicist in California that's like developed the urine black hole. So it's all about basically just no splashback. Um, and yeah, you pop a comfortable squat. You can hold hold on to all the walls around you or there's some handholds in front of you. Brilliant. And is it, um, can you choose how many urinals you have on a, in an event? Like, do you buy a whole pack? How does it work in terms of how many you get? At the moment, we sort of suggest 60 as like a trial base just because it's most efficient in transport for customers mm -hmm. as well as just sustainably overall for us in terms of like logistics. Mm. But um, yeah, we you can, because they're flat pack, you can have them sort of spread out across the location. So like we were at Shambhala last year and they wanted it like four or five different locations. So we would have them in semicircles in one or a circle of six in another or even one or two wedges in one place. So because it's flat pack, it's so flexible. It can fit in lots of different environments, different levels of ground, uh, really like isolated areas as well, which are hard to get to. And does it take long to build? No, so... Are you really good at building it now? Oh, yeah. It's about 90 seconds, isn't it, to build one wedge. Really? So competitions. <laughs> it's the well, quickest. That's a good idea. That is good. Yeah. 
<laughs> we used to, so the structure we had that you've seen out in the summer season just gone yeah. was actually something we had to manufacture a week before our yeah. first And event. we did that ourselves as well. Just like building it all. Yeah. yeah. The manufacturers turned around to us and said, it's just not possible. And we were like, we have to go to Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we built out scaffolding, cladding, just so that we had something to test with women. Yeah. We had this a unique opportunity to reach so many more people, which is a dream in human-centered design. We could actually test with such a variety of thousands of women. Yeah. We were like, we have to be there. Yeah. And what was the reaction? I mean, you must get mixed reviews. Is everyone loving it? It's my favorite part of yeah. any event, to be honest. It's like you're standing, sort of encouraging women to come and try it. But as soon as the first day is down, because people are like, oh, what's this? It's kind of intriguing. And you say, come and have a look. Everyone, as soon as they've used it once, they're like, again and again and again. Mm. And you get these pet talks from women that have used your product. And they come out and they're like, this is amazing. This is a game changer. <laughs> like, honestly, liberating yeah. game changer are the two most used words that I never hear anywhere else but in mm. that environment. Mm. Um, and it's so like rewarding because that's really what we're doing is giving a facility for women and seeing that change in society mm. so yeah it's that's it's just amazing feedback we get and loads of people want to help too and give suggestions and ideas for feedback and improvement which are always open to absolutely yeah it's quite cool because sometimes we don't have the people t-shirts on you know no one knows we yeah. made it i think you once had someone tell you that yeah. you've heard that two uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i was in the queue random woman turned around and said this is amazing did you know like two women from university made this and i was like Really? Tell, really tell they me sound more. Great. Yeah, they, yeah, tell me more. They sound really cool. <laughs> yeah. So that's this amazing feeling. Like ninety five percent of women would use have it used again. it. Hundred yeah. percent use it again. Yeah. Wow. And I don't want to put words in your mouth at all, but it's more than a product itself, isn't it? Surely people are using it and going, okay, what are the other, like, what's the term you used earlier? Sort of normalised. Yeah, normalising inequality. Yeah. yeah, so we sort of see Pequal as more than a product, it's like a movement. Mm. And we are really like pushing the boundaries of taboo back because, yeah, it's just normalising such a fundamental need for women and everyone. Um, so, yeah, we really see this as a movement. We want Pequal to be like a landmark. So if you see Pequal, you know that that event is sustainable, that event is equitable and champions the right thing. So... Yeah, we really do see it as like a proper movement. And get a conversation starter, isn't it? It's like, I no longer want to just stand in this queue. I don't yeah. take that as, mm. as yeah. given. My time is equally as important. Exactly. And then I hope it leads to more conversations about other areas of life. You know, what else is unequal that's just yeah. taken, taken as standard? Yeah. So I'm really excited for the change. Yeah, it's definitely starting a discussion, isn't it? It's making mm. these taboo areas more approachable. Exactly. Yeah. Least, yeah. yeah. I mean, a female urinal is like mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like, ooh. <laughs> Do quick fire questions now with Hazel and Amber. Um, because there's two of them this week, they're both going to answer each question one at a time. Um, and it's 12 to beat, I 12 think. 12 to beat. Which were Casey and Ishan from Fix My Crack. So. Three, so. two, one, go. What's your favourite album? Any Beatles album? Justin Bieber. What website do you most frequently visit? <laughs> Pickle.com. Pickle.com. <laughs> Plug in. <laughs> what is your favourite type of cheese? Ooh, Parmesan. Cheddar. Best thing about your co-founder? Optimism. Clothing. <laughs> Proudest achievement of 2023. It's quite 2023. Mm. Oh, I found a way to turn urine into fertilizer. Mm. Um, secondhand steel sourcing. Beer cider or lime soda? Beer. Beer. 
What's your favorite obscure game? Oh, Avalon. Oh. Uh, croquet. What but film are you? Urban. What film are you going to watch next? I'm going to watch Triangles of Sadness. I want to watch a dog movie that you recommended. Um, what is your favorite cafe or pub in Bristol? Nova Scotia. Um, zero degrees. Biggest mistake of oh, that's a horrible one. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Coke. Do you like your Stop. eggs? Oh, oh no, I have so many things to say after that. <laughs> We're um, not that quick, I don't think. <laughs> um, how many was it? Ten. Ten. Pretty good two as well. Because ten with two of you was pretty good. Good answers as well. Um, three things there. Clothing. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> you are very stylish, to be fair. Yeah. Um, urban croquet. Please explain <laughs> more. <laughs> It's something that can't be described on air, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I used to play with Ross. <laughs> and um, please talk more about fertiliser. Yes. Oh my God, so this um, amazing startup got in touch with us. It's actually yesterday. We've been obsessed with how can we make our product circular. It's made of ocean plastic waste, but we have all this urine. We're collecting it and it's separated. So it's like, what can we do with it? We were going to make it into electricity with this really eccentric scientist from UWE okay. has developed a microbial fuel cell, but that tech's about 10 years off. So but this, this, this company is actually looking at different ways to turn urine into an amazing fertiliser so we can just put it straight on farmer's land to increase yield. Very exciting. Really cool. Okay, no, that was... Yeah, really cool. Also, the Nova Scotia pub's been mentioned on this before. It has, yeah. Do you remember... Apparently, Sustrans was made there. It was. There's a lot of history there. I'd like to discuss what it's like as two women in a startup, um, how you've raised investment, where you've gone from now, and how you felt um, pushing such a taboo subject, as we've said, in like as two women. Hmm. Well, raising investment as a solely female-founded team has been tricky. It's been a massive journey, ups and downs. Um, I think Amber and I have found the right support now. Um, but initially, we have to admit, we've been laughed out of room, boardrooms before. Luckily, it was during COVID, so it was via Zoom. So you we just could just turn them off. the laptop yeah. Yeah. and recover and go again. But we had this relentlessness. We had to make this happen. Like, we wanted to solve it for ourselves as well. Mm. So we wouldn't take no for an, an answer. So we talk, spoke to more and more people, got more and more people behind us, mentorship champions mm. to keep us going. And eventually, you know, we found the right angel investors and private equity funds to invest in us so we could scale up and manufacture the product. Did you know what you were looking for? In terms of investor? Yeah. I think we were open, but we didn't want... We wanted to be able to have dinner with them and not want to leave straight away. Mm, like you wanted okay. to have a really good relationship with someone. So one of our key investors we had known for like a year previously to him investing. So um, that was like the relationship there was really strong already. So he gave us advice in the in the past and sort of like we acted on it. So it was a really nice, like strong place to start from. Mm. Um, other investors, you kind of want, and we wanted an investor that would... Um, add more than just money so you're thinking of how what attributes we want from them in the future so if we wanted to go international for example do they have that network or do they do they want to push us in that direction or not so I think we sort of had a little bit of an idea but really if I'm being honest we just wanted the money in as well mm, like yeah. we were very tight on our runway that's a really good point we had about three weeks before we had to move yeah. back in with our parents yeah so initially we did raise grants we raised just under 50k in equity free investment okay but because we're hardware we just needed so much cash yeah that we actually, yeah, we did need it yeah. pretty severely by... It was actually this time last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, 
And funnily enough, we're raising again right now. So, um, yeah, we're raising double the amount that we raised last year. So we're hitting 500k hopefully this this month. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a journey because we're having existing investors follow on. Yeah. But we're also pitching to new investors as well. So, yeah, call out on the socials if anyone wants to invest. Yeah. If anyone's got Reach loads of cash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and could you just debunk a few startup terms? So the ones that come to mind, angel investor, mm-hmm. runway, you said there, mm-hmm. equity for investment. Yeah, angel investors basically are individuals of high net worth. Right. So people with a lot of money that can use it in any way they want, really. it's it, They understand the risk when they invest in a startup. But, um, yeah, they want to take the risk. Uh, runway is basically the amount of time you have able to keep going before you run out of cash. So, yeah, last this time last year, we had three months runway until we would be dead in the ground. Um and then what was the other one? Uh, equity free. Yeah. So that's basically grants where you don't give any part of your company to anyone. You just get sort of the cash in and you don't have to do anything with it. You're not accountable to anyone else. Um, you can just use it how you will. Equity funding would mean that you'd give a part of your company to an investor mm. in return for their cash. Mm. Like shares because Peakwell is a limited company. Okay. Yeah. And how has it felt? thinking I mean having such a run short runway time was it stressful it must have been yeah I think this startup being a startup is so much risk constantly I think we're we're quite used to it now aren't we but it is I talk to my friends about certain areas where we're at and they're like stressed for me and I'm just sitting there like eh. yeah same fine, old yeah. you know it's it is quite weird isn't it yeah but you kind of have to put a couple boundaries up otherwise <laughs> it might all consume you yeah, yeah. You know, and we are relentless optimists yeah it will be fine yeah it will because it yeah. needs to be and we'll make that happen yeah there will always be a way yeah and i think we're in a great position now of like we have nothing to lose really like That's we're it. in a really privileged position of like we're quite young we have no like mortgage we have no kids yeah. so it's a very free position so just give it all we got now and see where we can go our first ever episode was with um jay who founded a company whilst at uni and he's talked a lot about as a student founder you're you're kind of dangerous and disruptive because you've like you say you've got nothing to lose and i guess that extends to young founders to an extent as well yeah Yeah, and i think there is now that even though we struggled a lot in investment as two women there is more support now than there has ever been before. So that's a really positive way of looking at for young founders to see, especially young women founders, to be like, oh, there's actually a lot more support than ever before, so I I could go for it. How do you deal personally with separating people from your lives and it not consuming you completely? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. (laughs) It's an ongoing challenge. I think having an awesome co-founder where you can share everything with and we know exactly what each other is going through. Mm-hmm. I think that's such yeah. a unique position that I would encourage anyone thinking of starting a business to do it with one other person because no one else will care as much as the founders. Yeah. No one else will be as invested, yeah. but also the stress of running a business is so, in, is so, it's, it's so much you don't realise going into it. You know, tax, HR, all the <laughs> juicy, juicy other <laughs> all the things. Forms, yeah. All the yeah. forms, it is. Yeah. So it's having having that partner really, but also having those boundaries, you know. It's the weekend, go enjoy yourself. It's 5pm yeah. now. We've kind of put these yeah. bar- um, boundaries in place so we can live our lives. Mm. Yeah, we're really trying to work on holding each other to account of like network recently actually because we were like finding ourselves slipping it's like okay no I'm going to make sure you take that holiday instead of like saying no no I can work or no you need to leave at five now or you need to take a rest day or whatever it's like 
holding each other to what we need mm. and not feeling guilty yeah. yeah exactly yeah supporting that i saw your whole team went on holiday at the same time not together <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> so you, did you take a sort of end of summer yeah off? it's kind of like because it's quite seasonal this kind of work yeah. it's quite typical for like uh festival people to like take time off after the summer or just before the summer so you sort of just have a bit of a relaxation but yeah clock yeah. off yeah <laughs> yes what would you say to people that have an idea and want to do something about it uh, I would say make sure that idea solves a problem okay. instead of it's just another thing that's been created. Yeah. Um, that is a massive one in engineering. There is so much of just... Over-engineering, like yeah. unnecessary design. I do. Yeah. I'm quite passionate about that. I think there's a lot of... We're solving problems that don't need solving when there's more important things that need looking at. Yeah. For example, you know, gender equality, like going to the toilet, getting water. Mm. I think that's way more important than designing a better... Mm aeroplane that's me <laughs> i'm yeah, not saying no, aeroplane design is bad i'm just saying that yeah. i think dividing the workforce is sometimes important yeah my dad always says it's a solution looking for a problem i think that's such a good yeah. phrase yeah definitely. there's a lot of that so check it's a good idea and then so you said it seems like a scary world but actually isn't there's a lot shrouded yeah. in mystery how do you get into it how do you well I think it's just knowing that you have every right to be there as anyone else does and everyone's human and like they're going to go home at the end of the day, have a cup of tea, have some dinner, you know, it's not like these people are like untouchable, you know, so I think knowing that you're valuable just being there and knowing that we're the experts of the business, like no one else knows more than we do about it, um, it gives you a lot of confidence and I think being bold enough to pursue and ask questions to anyone. Um, it, you, know, you know more than anyone, but you're no less than anyone either. So I think it's just holding that attitude always and yeah. Really nicely put. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where did you go from uni to like starting the business? The, obviously that, like, that initial kind of Sure, start. yeah. So once we graduated, Amber and I both got full-time jobs we were quite bad employees probably at those jobs. <laughs> and what were the jobs, <laughs> if you don't mind I asking? worked for LV, a femtech company, as okay. a technician, working on their new products. And Amber was an innovation consultant, uh, working with like blue chip companies on how they could yeah. be more innovative. And <laughs> in our evenings and weekends and lunch breaks and, and extended oh. breaks during mm. our work, we'd work on Pequel. Oh, really? Okay. So not straight away after uni, no, particularly? No, definitely split between... A full-time job and peak wasn't yeah. it it was probably a real and, and it was covid too so constantly mm, i was yeah, living working. in a garage wasn't i yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> were you actually in the garage yes really <laughs> and i was living in a, a 20 person house so chaos just so we could keep the cost down mm. so yeah. we could like start to go full-time peak because it is really hard at the start i mean grants are great but they you know you still are surviving off hardly any a month so yeah. we kind of we were eating watery porridge and <laughs> potato stew for a while. Um, but yeah. so going back to the rejections and and as yeah, two young female founders, I think it's interesting because we exist in the festival space, the investment space, but and also the hardware space, all massively male dominated. Yeah. And it's so interesting kind of having to push that narrative that, you know, this is a problem. Um, so Amber and I actually used different approaches to make 
them understand the problem. So often if we'd be pitching to an all-male old man investment committee, we'd say, you know, whilst... You know, whilst your partner is in the queue, you're having to wait for them and, you know, put it mm, in terms the of them. To them. Yeah. We used to use humour as well because obviously the Brits love a bit of toilet humour. Yeah. So we kind of like get them in on that. Mm. But then also we just focus on raising with female investors who got it, who championed mm. us or men that championed us too. And there are the right people out there. If you just keep mm. asking, keep questioning, have the confidence in yourself and your product, you will eventually get there. Yeah, yeah and I think we... talking of investment and rejection um one of the uh, investors that we actually did take on we set them our valuation which is basically how much we think our company was worth raising investment with and they said we don't think you're worth that much money we think you're worth much lower so we're not going to invest on that valuation but we'll invest in a lower valuation Mm. and we we were like oh you know because all the other investors said yes to the high valuation and so we went back to them and said okay well we're we're happy to step away from you then because Mm -hmm. we're we know our worth we know that this is what we want and then quickly we got an email reply saying two seconds later really we'll stick with high valuation you know so it's just like Hmm, that rejection and how you respond to it is interesting. It's it's never like a hard no, or that's definitely what we're finding out, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. never a hard yes or a hard no. There's always these deals that can be made, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, yeah, never take no for an answer, kind of. Yeah. yeah. You guys seem to have so much self belief in the product and mm-hmm. the idea, and that if that's strong, that must really help. Definitely. I think we used to watch videos of women giving their feedback to us if we were you know, <laughs> really, yourself yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Like I before did, yeah. 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 Pitch, we did, like, didn't we? Yeah. We, we went to London, we did a pitch, and we were like, let's watch these women. Yeah. Yeah. We were in Hyde Park, weren't we? I remember watching the women being like, I love people like women. <laughs> it's a great reminder because when you get bogged down in like the admin or like the financials or whatever it is, having that reminder of the belief that so many women have in it. It just drives us forward. Yeah, I always go back to this one story. This woman beat her partner back from the toilet queue. It's the first time this has ever happened. And I was like, yeah. That's what I'm working for every day, yeah. And where is the big goal for Pequal? Do you have a big aim or are you seeing where it goes? Great question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we've started out with festivals because it's a unique opportunity where almost like thing, things are played out in society before they're normalised. It's a change, yeah. a transient environment where you can just trial things because it's all changeable. Mm-hmm. But, I want, you know, every time people gather, women are waiting in line for the toilet queue. So I want to bring those women their time back. So I want to see people in various markets, various places across the globe. Um because it's flat pack, it's actually really easy to transport. So Amber and I have always been interested in the fact that if it can be suitable for disaster aid, because if we can get to those places and help, we will. But we understand that might need a change of design, that this design is only suitable for events. But we'll keep working, again, human-centred design, going back and talking to the right people. So it's designed with them. Mm. Yeah, I think I just second all of that and add um, that we really don't know the future. Like we didn't know COVID was coming, right? Like, so, you know, investors aren't interested in five to 10 year forecasts anymore. They're interested in the next year. So I think the same could be applied to our business. You can have those like big term vision. Then at the same time, have this reality of like, next year, we just want to like become more established as a business, get the word out there about peak to as many women as possible. So yeah, it's kind of double, double vision, isn't it? short term long term I like what you said about festivals being 
a good space to experiment. Did it, I think Innocent Smoothies started at a festival. Did and they? it was a guy just going up to hungover people with blended fruit. Have a smoothie, yeah. yeah. Nice. They've, they've done quite well. <laughs> Pretty well, yeah. So what do you do day to day at the moment? You must be planning for the summer. Mm, yeah. At the moment, it's a lot of customers. So like we came back from Christmas wanting to get as many customers through the door as possible. So, And that's festivals for you? Festivals and running events. But we, okay. we've got a little bit more focus on festivals just because that's where we were last year. Yeah. Um, but we can, yeah, we have got a PO from London Marathon and Glastonbury. So Exciting, yeah. we're going to be, nice. you know, London Marathon. Biggest, the biggest sort of events in that market. Yeah wanting us so hopefully that'll be spreading the word as quickly as we can you're going to run the marathon as well oh yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> with a toilet on your back <laughs> and you're raising investment yes right. yeah so that's kind of customers investment and r&d basically our focus so yeah. massive with, in- with investment we're wanting to raise this half a mil to give us 24 months runway so yeah. timeline to keep going and to take us international because we've had demand from across the globe really? we yeah. want to in 2024 go to a southern hemisphere and kind of partner chase chase the sun for a little bit before yeah. we then expand into other places yeah. and then yeah research and developing we constantly are changing the design because mm. we do every aspect of the business we do install it we do use it we do clean it <laughs> yeah we do yeah. carry it around yeah <laughs> we so we learn so much so quickly it's hard graph but it means we get to all the knowledge so we know that the inside plumbings needs to do this because when you tilt it this way yeah we need to maximize urine flow for instance the plumbing out back the way you hold on to the design when you're inebriated like all of this it's we we've learned and we can change so that takes a lot of our time but luckily our manufacturers is just in somerset so we can actually go and visit to the factory to see what's happening and get all the designs signed off and built and the life cycle of the product, so how long do they last and what's the life of it after it's been used? So it's made of ocean plastic waste and a biopolymer from sugarcane production and it lasts about eight years before we see it being ground down and then made into new ones, in, ground down into the polymer again and then oh, okay. rotationally moulded again. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And how many do you actually have at one time? Are you taking the, you're taking the same ones around the country? Yeah, yeah. We ha- we've got 60 right now but we're going to manufacture 120 potentially a few more but around 120 and that'll basically be sort of yeah rotated from event to event to event throughout the yeah. summer so about 30 30 events this year wow and you were at six was it six last yeah. year so a massive scale uh, not so great <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah massive if people are interested what where they could find out i don't know what, yeah. what inspirations yeah. do you have yeah, it's really it's really quite exciting. So right now we are looking. We've actually just sent out a new job description on our socials and on our website, and we're looking to um, employ around twenty four women for the summer season to work completely over the summer from May until September, um, and it will be like a really tight knit team of women that will just be like delivering service. So yeah, if you're interested in, in supporting Pequel and getting paid. Um, and joining us contact at us. the UK's best music festivals yeah. to help pioneer yeah. peer quality. Yeah. It is such fun work. It's hard graft, and it's, but it's work hard, play hard. We really do have a blast at festivals. Mm-hmm. What's your favourite festival last year? Glastonbury. <laughs> oh no, Green Man. Oh, Shambhala. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depends what mood you're in. <laughs> favourite act? Um, it does have to be Paul McCartney uh, on the Pyramid yeah. Stage. At, yeah. How many festivals do you think you've been to? 
I've worked in festivals for a fair while now. So, so many, sure. yeah. <laughs> I don't really have a favourite act. I spent a lot of time at Glastonbury in, like, the sort of Greenpeace, the sort of more hippie areas. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like, yeah, made a necklace and things like that. You so. made a bow and arrow, didn't you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, that's amazing music that I didn't know who the artists were that you just sort of stumble across. Mm-hmm. That That's the kind of the gold dust in festivals you sort of... Yeah, find new artists. That's awesome that you're looking for that team of people. Yeah. We'll definitely get that out there. Yeah, we will. What's your inspiration if, if people are interested in this space and maybe hadn't thought of it or heard of it before? Where do pe- where would you send people next to find out more? Our website or socials. Yeah. Check out our TikToks. They've got millions of views. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do yeah. that? <laughs> How do we do that? Yeah. What, get millions of views? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I think our marketer would say yeah. that, yeah. Algorithms and strategic trends and, yeah. um, planning. But yeah. it's because what we've created is so needed and so, but such a con- conversational it's funny, piece. You it's funny. It's you entertaining. It. Yeah, it's toilet humour. It's Glastonbury. It's, it's such a... Because every woman has experienced a female toilet queue. They know exactly yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. And almost every person has seen the toilet queues, so... Yeah, everyone has an opinion, whether it's good or bad, and both just drives the traffic. And so everyone loves just... a moan about a queue, don't they? Yeah. So, <laughs> anything to get out of one. Brilliant. Well, I think we'll wrap up there. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both. Thank you so much. It's, from my perspective, amazing to see two Bristol students um, doing amazing things for female equality. Um, and hopefully we'll never have to be in a queue again going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> never wetting yourself again. <laughs> um, anything from you, Ali? Just thank you so much for coming. It's been great. Thanks it's for having great. us. It's been yeah, great. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, and just for social media, where can people find you? Instagram, Peakle UK. Is yeah. it UK? Yeah. Peakle UK and then TikTok, Peakle UK as well. Um, our website has all the information on it and we're on LinkedIn too, just Peakle Limited. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I think that speaks for itself. That little chat, doesn't it? Yeah, that was really good. Really liked having them here. I sort of want to be friends with them. Yeah, I didn't feel quite cool enough. (laughs) (laughs) One day. Um, I also would like to add that we haven't brought up is that Albie forgot his microphone today. Um, I think it was actually mentioned. Was it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a really stressful part of the It was horrible. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> we arrived. It was like an hour in advance to prep for the meeting, mm-hmm. um, get ready, um, whack out my microphone, and Alfie's face just drops. <laughs> um, so he had to cycle all the way home and all the way back. What was it like? On a, your bike. On my bike. With a very low with, seat. With my baby blue, like, skateboarder helmet. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, wasn't, I'm sure it was a sight to behold. Anyway. There's a great video of Ellie looking very stressed because this, she's got no co-presenter and no guests. <laughs> no, no one. Um, and a lot of mic- so, microphones and wires. Yeah. Um, um, so we just wanted to quickly talk about um, a book that we both read a couple of years ago um called invisible women which we think is so related to um what you've just heard from people and we would highly recommend to anyone who enjoyed that to go and read yes definitely i i mean i really enjoyed the book and i don't love reading and i recommended it to albie <laughs> um it is all about uncon- unconscious bias and where you can find it in the world and it really interesting i mean it gives examples of 
your phone being too big for your hand if you're a woman or your doctor prescribing drugs for the wrong body or your wrong body size or I mean there's an example of being in a car accident that you're 47% more likely to be injured as a woman um, I strongly recommend it for I mean men and women but mm. it's just interesting of stuff that we do every day and live with every day and don't really realize that it's designed for men yeah the writer Caroline Criado Perez starts from this the point of view that there's just not enough data on the difference between um, how men and women are affected by things in society and that's actually how people started their thing like they yeah. both did a master's studying like the length of cues yeah. And from that data, they designed um, this brilliant product. So it's a great example of um, what studying stuff and data can do and can lead to great solutions. There is also a podcast for the more audio inclined. Yes. Um, called Visible Women with Caroline Criado Perez. That people would be brilliant. We're going to start on. a petition. We are. To get them on. They should be on there. They would be, they'd fit perfectly and they're brilliant guests. Yes, definitely. So what can listeners do, Albie, if something in here has resonated with them? We would love to, um, we would love to hear your ideas of hidden inequalities. Please do, you can reply on Spotify. You could, probably easiest just to message us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if you enjoyed the episode, go have a listen to the one with April, uh, who had some similar experiences to talk about um, as... Yeah, Another brilliant example of a woman doing incredible things. Yeah, in a, in a traditionally male world um, and yeah. someone changing that. Pushing stereotypes, really, yeah. isn't it? Um, so, yeah, do, do let us know your ideas and do share the podcast and maybe you could be a star listener like Maddie. Yeah, we should get her a badge. Mm. Write that down. That's a good idea. <laughs> anyway... Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you in two weeks. <laughs>